Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. What's We're up? here. We're back. Dun, dun, dun. Some of us have seen Ghostbusters. Some of us haven't. Some of us are excited to go see uh, Star Trek because I'm, that's out. One of us has not seen Ghostbusters. I wonder who it is. <laughs> it's been a week. Can we talk spoilers yet? Is that... Yeah, no, we can. It, yeah, that's okay. I, I'm fine with you guys talking spoilers, you know. I, I, I've been the hermit trapped on my couch for, for weeks, so uh, we're good to talk about that. I think there so, any spoilers to be told about Ghostbusters. It was pretty... I'll, I'll wait to hear what Scott has to say, though. He's the Ghostbusters fanatic. Well, we, we had a chance to talk uh, talk earlier about that. I'm actually interested to hear hear you guys, in your review uh, about the, the new movie. All right, so... So, here it is. Seeing so many people just tear this movie oh, in yeah. half yeah. online. Mm-hmm. But my first impression when those credits started rolling and we had plenty of laughs and fun times to share, I liked it actually quite a lot. Like, I thought it was a good Paul Fig movie. Well, and, like, I just looked at him and I was like, that was fun. That was fun. Like, it was just good old-fashioned fun. And, like, I don't feel like – I feel like there was a lot of pressure on that movie – and I I feel like everybody overnight became a film critic. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know? Just yeah. the rule when we go see a movie that's anticipated like this. We're not going to look at any of the yeah. scores, we especially like IMDb. Yeah. Um, just so we can get our own opinion mm-hmm. for it at the end. And we both scored it at the end. And I was like, it was a good, like, 6.5 for me. Like, it was very entertaining, you know? And, and I don't think it deserves all of the crap that's getting thrown that way. No. What would you give it, Jess? Oh. Um, well, not a 4.3 like IMDb. Um, I would say um, a 7.5 solid. Wow. Nice. It was good. Like, it was fun. I, it I was a lot of fun. A lot. And you have to understand, nice. for women, women seem to enjoy it quite a bit more just because it is that humor that we love so much in Bridesmaids and, you know, all these other movies that have these ladies in them. And so... It, it was nice. To be honest, it was really refreshing. Um, as a blonde chick from Saturday Night Live, she's super weird. <laughs> and we're so used to the same acting style from all the other ladies that we've seen. Um, Melissa McCartney shouldn't change very much. You know, there was a lot of acting styles that were the same, but hers was definitely weird and kooky and different. And 
super badass. I kind of felt like I liked her a lot. Oh, when she pulls out those like pistols and and she's like, (laughs) it was super cool. Like I got shivers. I was like, she's my favorite. Oh, she did such an amazing job. Such an amazing job. And and yeah, it it is. Like you hear the Ghostbusters theme start playing. You're like, Kate, Kate, excellent. Like the entire scene, especially that scene that we're talking about, is just it. Ah, that. There are a few moments... Sorry, um, do you guys still want to keep going or should I jump in? No, no. <laughs> no, I, I want to say, like, definitely it's... It is, a, it, it is. It's a really fun movie, and I think that uh, it definitely does not deserve the hatred uh, that so many people have. And I can understand the hatred, you know, rebooting something so classic as, as Ghostbusters that has 30 years' worth of nostalgia uh, tackled, tack, or stapled onto it uh, for a lot of us. Um... And just that Bill Murray humor, taking that on was a huge, huge undertaking and a big gamble, and I feel that it paid off. It was definitely a fun movie. Um, it had its own vein, its own uh, interpretation of being a Ghostbusters kind of movie. Uh, and there are sometimes, there are these few moments where all of a sudden you, like like that moment with the, the music when it keys up and, you, you, and right as the opening credits roll, where you feel, yes, this is a Ghostbuster film, but on, on on most of of the movie, it stood on its own as its own. Look, this is a supernatural comedy, uh, and these are really funny women, and we get to go along with the ride. I don't think it's just women that enjoy it. I I enjoyed it substantially, and I'm not really a, I was not a big Melissa McCarthy fan, but she floored me. Um, she floored me in this movie. So did Kate McKinnon, uh, Leslie Jones' character. I did not go in as a Patty fan from the trailers. But, like, her character, her growth, like, I loved watching her. Every time she was on screen, I just, oh, I was giddy. I'll tell you what, though. Do you know how refreshing it was to see four women keep around a dumb man because he was hot? <laughs> instead, of, instead of seeing four men keep around a dumb woman because she's hot? I, mean, I, I tell you what. Chris was so funny. He was so perfect. Like, I was getting so... It was so bad that I'm just like, wow, how can they find him attractive still? <laughs> it's like, I don't, there is not a man on this planet that if they was that stupid, I still hang in there, you know? <laughs> just well, I love I'm... some of the Lewis. Like, he kind of pulled, he kind of channeled his inner Lewis for some of those scenes. And I, I really respect and appreciated that. But yeah, he was, he was brilliant. Well, I, I kind of heard that he, uh, <laughs> He kind of stole some of the scenes. Oh yeah. Sometimes just from his, the way he's acting. I mean, and you got to give Chris Hemsworth some some credit here to be able to play this type of a character because I mean we've seen him as Thor, we've seen him as Captain Kirk's dad, and now he's kind of playing the the hapless wit, you know, the well, guy that doesn't know left from right. It seems like. I'm sorry. <laughs> the very first second that I ever encountered Thor, I've always thought he was just kind of a dumb meathead, and his growth throughout you know, his coming career. to Earth mm-hmm. has made him smarter. So I didn't think the dumb part was a stretch. What I really enjoyed was going from super dumb, his character, his acting, to super intelligence, back to super dumb. It was really cool watching him play two different characters, in a sense. Wow. And mm-hmm. he, he was, it, I mean, it was just look, looking at his range, even though they were both hilarious and quirky in their own ways it was just and then he goes back to dumb and you're like you're kind of sad <laughs> 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 before he was dumb. 
I wanted to add to something that uh, Scott said. He mentioned that this movie really did stand on its own like a supernatural comedy, which, you know, I, I've, I've seen the old Ghostbusters movies a few times. I really, really do enjoy them. I'm not a huge fanatic like I am with Star Wars, but I think they're classic, classic films. And I think you no, know, me as a, you know, like a, I would call myself more as a general audience, you know, because right. I'm not a huge fanboy. Um, going into it, I was like, okay, there's going to be something new and different, you know, but with the Ghostbusters label on it. And I think they chose a good cast and a good director to, to take the helm on it because it's such a unique um, style, that old Ghostbusters. Yeah. That there's nothing quite like it now. Yeah. And I think that taking that approach was gutsy, and for me, it, it was pulled off because if you were, see, uh, and I didn't think that it was pulled it, off. Well, if you if you recall recently, there Visually. was another supernatural comedy that came out called I R uh, R I P D. Um, oh yeah, it had uh, Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds in it. Yeah, yeah. And they had the yeah. visual and that as tanked well. hard, and it was a bad, bad movie. And I really? think hard yeah. too. Well, I mean, I actually me, liked that movie. <laughs> Like, I did not enjoy R.I.P.D., but I really enjoyed this. And I think it speaks a lot to, you know, the director and the cast. I think my thing was, I I understood, the only thing that I did not like about this film, I did feel like some of the comedy was a little forced, but it was still really funny. Um, the things that, the thing that I didn't really enjoy about it was that, yes, okay, like, we got a lot of classic things visually from the movies that we miss and we love. But the thing is, is that technology has changed. And for me, because they didn't update the visuals in a way that I felt like would have really not sucked you out of it. It, it, it came off as kind of goofy. And I felt like it reminded me a lot of that horrible movie, uh, Disney's haunted mansion. It kind oh, yeah. of, the ghost felt like that. And I didn't like that. And I know that it was, the visuals were very nostalgic for Ghostbuster fans. But, I mean, Gremlins. It's one of my favorites, even though all most almost all of it was practical. With the technology and the, the even the advances they've had in practical effects, like, it would disappoint me if they made a new Gremlins and they kept, everything crappy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it almost has to be a win at this point. Hollywood's rebooting everything, so it would not surprise me if we saw a Gremlins 3 no. or, uh. or a Gremlins reboot, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I know. Because, like, in Star Wars, The Force Awakens, yes, they used a lot of older methods to like keep it back Like sound effects, and, but they cleaned them up. But they made a yeah. point. You know, and, and they did, yes, they did the practical effects, but they cleaned it up. You have Han Solo, or, um, Harrison Ford telling him, hey, when when we made this, the budget wouldn't allow this control panel to actually work. <laughs> we have the budget. Can this control panel actually work? <laughs> yes, sir. We'll do that. You know, it's just like taking the little things and, and making them making them better. So they make – Well, just so they make more sense with, like, you, I guess, like you said, like more of a modern story. Yeah. And so – So what I'd like to yeah. hear – Scott, you know, because I, I couldn't quite catch on because I don't see Ghostbusters as many times. What are some things that you feel did pay a good homage to Ghostbusters and maybe some Easter eggs and stuff that you noticed? Um, honestly, the uh, my favorite one is still when uh, Sigourney, not Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> wow, cool. that's, that's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> and now I just totally blanked on her name. That is the most, uh, she plays Janine. Uh, wow. 
Let's let's edit this part out. Uh, it's okay. Got Daniel forgot uh, Mace Windu the other week. Oh wow, totally that was weeks ago. Yeah. Any pots? Any pots? Her yeah. her role, like her cameo, was so beautifully done. So beautifully done. It just it was almost too much, honestly, because she had the same voice. She had basically the same character. Um, and even some of the same lines from GB1 and GB2. So it was almost too much, but at the same time, it just, as soon as they walked in and you saw, like, the back of her head, like, you knew, you knew exactly who that was. That was probably one of my favorite uh, little Easter eggs there. Um, gosh, I mean, the entire movie, really, a lot of the music, uh, the music cues, for example, in that one, uh, the one scene where everybody loves um, when Holtzman is taking all the ghosts, she pulls out the two, two little pistols, and the music cue, I mean, the, the score has so many subtle cues back to the original 1984 score, um, but especially when she pulls out her pistols, it's right back to the real Ghostbuster cartoon, where almost every single point of si when something big happens, when it's the, the big pivotal moment, the real Ghostbuster theme would play in the background, and it would always get the the kids pumped up, you know, goes, hey, it's the Ghostbusters. And that, that was uh, probably one of my favorite homages because that was really pulling right back to the cartoon instead of uh, the original movies. But the score, I'd probably say, has to be one of my favorite Easter eggs because there are so many little tiny uh, hints, like the piano, when you when he flings a piano, you know, you got a little bit of the Ghostbuster theme there, a little bit of the diddly -dee -dee. Um but just that score was so beautiful, and there were so many hidden things in it. I, I bought the CD the first day it came out, and I've been listening to it in my car, and I still am picking up new things that I didn't quite notice the first time through. So did you those, like yeah. A Fallout Boy cover. I did not actually like the Fallout Boy cover uh, to begin with. Soundtrack. I feel the same way. <laughs> um, I guess it's a cool name to drop, but I didn't quite buy into it either. Well, I tell you what, we should have gotten. Uh, um, some techno band or something. Somebody less. Well, you know. yeah, no, and I, I tell you what, mm -hmm. I, um, it was kind of like with, uh, Force Awakens for me, where they took the original score and they filled it, and so it felt more epic and more full, and it just that's exactly how I could describe the the new Ghostbuster, like the actual score. Not yeah, like it was way. its own thing, mm -hmm. but it still threw it back felt, to the original a lot. It felt like. Like they modernized it, they filled it. It felt I don't know, like it moved me more just because it just felt so much more powerful. It felt stronger. Is that is that what I mean? Oh no, no, that that's perfect. That Full. is absolutely perfect. Yeah, fuller, fuller, yeah, it felt fuller, and um, just much more epic, but still keeping that nostalgia. So I really liked it a lot. So what do you think about the post-credit scene? Because I know it's kind of hard to imagine another Ghostbusters with how it's being received now, but assuming that it does get a sequel or something like that, what does the post-credit scene say to you? Well, well, they've already said that they want to make a sequel. Um, Feig has come out and said, you know, he'd like to make a sequel because uh, this one has been, for all intents and purposes, with how much negative original press it was getting. I feel that it's been received very well, especially with ratings. Um, sorry, restate the question one more time. How do I feel about a sequel, or do we think that we will? Um, the the post credit scene. All right, the post credits. Um, I feel like it was meant to be more of a build up than it was. Uh, they meant to bring in because obviously they faced a completely different villain in this movie than they did in the first one. They wanted to separate it uh, from the first movie. They wanted they wanted to separate it from the classic, so they needed a completely different villain. Um, and so now they're bringing in the old villain, uh, Zool. 
Uh, I've heard a mixed. Re- I've heard mixed things. One is that you know, of course, there's all this talk about it being like a Marvel Cinematic Universe, where they're going to bring in in this new TV cartoon uh, show that they're going to bring in some way that oh, the Ghostbusters are in multiple dimensions and the real Ghostbusters are still around. The classic Ghostbusters, while well, you still have the the new kick butt girl Ghostbusters. You know, I mean, it's just I don't know. Like, I would go watch it. Um, and I hope that it does have positive reviews. And I feel that uh, I feel that you know, if you look at Ninja Turtles and Ninja Turtles Two, the two ones, the two movies that were just released, they really learned a lot from that first one, from the fan uh, acceptance versus backlash. And the second one was even better. So I'd be more than fine seeing the seeing our girls here uh, take out Zool, um, take out Gozer. Like that would be awesome to me. I'd be excited to see it, but at the same time. I really want to see them team up with the original Ghostbusters, and not because it's men or women or anything like that, because throw Janine in the mix, too. She's an amazing Ghostbuster, too. It's it's just the fact that I'd like to see the classic and have that nostalgia of seeing Dan Aykroyd uh, in a jumpsuit again, to be perfectly honest. So I would hope that it would go that way. It probably won't if Feig's at the helm, because he's anti-cinematic universe. He's let me make my own movie, and... Enjoy it, and and we did, we do enjoy it. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. If it does happen, if it doesn't, um, so be it. <laughs> I love that you use a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference for that because, yeah, I don't think I've quite experienced anything quite like that before. Where I watched the first one, I was like, eh, it was poo, and then I see the second one, and I'm like, that was actually really, really good. Like it made me forget how bad the first one was. This was a retribution film. So I'm hoping for general audiences that's what happens with Ghostbusters. Because it was fun, and I, I would definitely love to see more of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see the humor. love to see more Kristen Wiig, more Kate McKinnon, uh, more Leslie Jones. Bring them on. And if any, there's so many people that have bridesmaids and stuff on their shelves in Blu-ray. If you just take it as a Paul Fig movie, too, if you're a general audience member, it's a good Paul Fig movie. Like, it is really, yeah. really funny, and the chemistry is really, really good. So even if you just want a good comedy, good movie to pick up. Well, and I think any film that has such a large fan base is when they're trying to do something different is going to run into this. I mean, we saw like you said, we saw it with Ninja Turtles, we've seen it with the Ghostbusters, we saw it with when Transformers came out for crying out loud. I mean, that had a huge fan base. All those kids grew up, now they're adults when that hit. Uh, and a lot of people were upset with even small simple changes like you know, Optimus Prime's no longer a square truck, and and so on and so forth. So, um, it sounds like the movie's great and can stand on its own. Uh, I just, it's unfortunately the backlash is as strong as it is, but un- I unfortunately it it was going to happen no matter what. Yeah, it's yeah. just different. It is new, and I have yeah. to worry with Rogue One. Because, again, this is different, and it is new, and we have no idea how people are going to receive it. But I hope that, you know, just it being a good movie is enough for people. Yeah. And I, I was hoping the same thing for Ghostbusters, but maybe people will come around. So before we yeah. run out of time, um, I would like to bring something up that's absolutely amazing. Okay. Um, the Netflix original series, Stranger Things. Oh, my is God. awesome. Is incredible. Have you guys seen it? Oh, I've been watching. I've, I've been stuck on a couch. Yeah, I've been watching it. It's awesome. How about you, Scott? I am a horrible person. Ah. A horrible, horrible person. I have not watched Stranger Things. I am making a note of it right now with my wife, and we are going to watch Stranger Things. We're going to plow through it. And you need to watch the It's so good. So we won't spoil it because I guess it is a big commitment to watch the show since it's eight episodes. Yeah. But (laughs) 
I mean, we can compliment the crap out of it. This you, is probably one of the best shows I've yeah, seen in the last Yeah, and if you're decade. a nerd, you have to. I mean, you get Dungeons and Dragons, you get Star Wars. No, these are these are the things you're just gonna see in like references, quotes. I mean, what were you telling me? The three main characters were named after who? Oh, uh, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and John Williams. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like. <laughs> no, it, it it tickles your geek funny bone all the way around. Yeah, you know, and I, I was reading an article about the, the show, um, about how Hollywood can learn from what the series has pulled off, and it's that you don't have to reboot everything, you don't have to rip off everything, you can take inspiration from things, because the entire movie we're seeing inspirations from classic 80s films, like E.T., uh, Star Wars, just so many different awesome yeah. 80s nostalgia like uh, uh, films, yeah. and yeah. they even uh, uh, reference a lot of those films that they're inspired by in the series mm -hmm. like you know the girl has powers or whatever and mm -hmm. you reference that to star wars and yep, so on and, 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 and magneto and like, yeah right I mean, like, <laughs> it's so respectful of the source material that it's mm -hmm. influenced by but it's still fresh and exciting and, and engaging and just interesting you see so many people taking stuff from the from the 80s and making it modern i love that they've come up with a completely original story and they've made it 80s. It's great. Like, the music, it sounds like it's straight out of the original Tron. Like, I freaking love this. And it just, it feels good. It feels good on the skin. It's really good. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, um, moving on from there, just because Jared mentioned Rogue One, um, it was just oh. announced today that the fourth DLC pack on Battlefront will be Rogue One. Knew it. it slammed yeah. And they announced that Chewbacca and Bosk will be part of the uh, Death Star DLC. Wait, really? I yes. I didn't see that part. Yeah, that's awesome. So you get you, we'll get to play Chewbacca and Bosk. And then um, this week they also released the new update, so you can play offline uh, in skirmish mode with you and a friend, uh, which is okay. Uh, there's there's some issues, but it, it's still Offline playable. I um, think that they released something of maybe the beta version kind of set. Like it wasn't quite ready, but they pushed it out. Yeah. Like me and the kids have been playing it all day, and we've been having a blast. Yeah. We haven't been able to play, you know, Walker Sold or Fly, uh, Fighter Squadron on a split screen yet. Yeah. But it, it's it's almost what we wanted. I don't think it's exactly there, but it's it's close. I think with another update we'll get there, but the one thing that bugs me with the Walker Assault is, you know, when you're playing Walker Assault online, and you know, and you you can you're the rebels and you can now start firing on the the ATATs, you're the only one firing on it. It's like all the other bots that are running around with you aren't even firing on it, and that drives me nuts. It's like really you couldn't add that in. I've been re I've been receiving the opposite kind of bug, where almost every bot fires on it and it's harder for the Imperials to win because wow. instead of those other those other uh, players that are running around still getting killed, don't even care about objectives, now every single bot cares about the objective and those AT-ATs go down quick. Huh. But there's a several bugs that I've noticed so far. I mean, yeah. I don't seen it, but a lot of the times when you're firing at the bots, like the lasers will straight through them and there's nothing yep. to hit them other than like a melee attack. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of spawning issues... Uh, the split screen adds some some issues for trying to get the hero tokens and the uh, the vehicle tokens and stuff like that. So they've got some work to do in cleaning it up. But I 
I, I'm happy with it. Like, I, I am. I, I, I am too. I'm optimistic that another update and it'll be cleaned up and we'll be good. It, it's made me definitely enjoy the game much more than I have in the last three months or so. And the kids yeah. have enjoyed it a lot more because they're not a bunch of jerks. Yeah, it definitely takes yeah. the level of competitiveness and makes it more relaxing and fun for the average. Well, when, well, not only that, you know, like with your kids, you know, I was playing with one of my sons. We were on the same team together, you know, and we were, we were going together, you know, but we also have the option that he can be on the other team against me. So I like that. You know what I love, too, that I did not expect to see in this? Beginning, I went after a hero token. I'm like, cool, now I'm uh, uh, Dengar running around, you know, shooting stuff. Mm-hmm. And then probably like 10 minutes later, uh, uh, my stepson grabs a hero token as well, and he's running around as Darth Vader. We both yeah. get to be villains, you know, uh, uh, main characters in this. And I was like, that's awesome. I'm glad that they put that in. Yeah, I agree. So, um, what we... We have just a few more minutes. Um, what do we want to cover? I mean, do we want to talk about some of the things that came out of Celebration? Do we want to wait till the next episode for that? Do we want to talk about something uh, something about Pokemon Go that I've kind of I'm, I'm baffled by and scratching let's, my head with? Up with Pokemon Go because we got a lot to cover with uh, Rogue One and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So save the Rogue. All right, we we can do that. So Pokemon One. Um, I've kind of been watching and seeing all the articles flying out, but uh, this one kind of shot out and, and I'm, I'm just baffled so there was a this last week there was a 14 year old boy that was shot and killed um, he was playing Pokemon Go with a friend uh, late at night there was a rare Pokemon that came, that popped up on their screen they were trying to follow it um, they wandered around this uh, home several times and they had a, had a big bricks fence uh, couldn't get the Pokemon to show up so they jumped the fence Get, they kept turning on and off, and so it was triggering on and off security lights. Um, and unfortunately, in this home is is a woman that's she's a widow. Um, it started freaking her out. She didn't know what was going on. Um, they still couldn't get the Pokemon to show up. So this 14-year-old boy started r- thinking maybe it's inside. I can get inside the house and, and get it. Started trying to open up windows, which were of course locked. Which of course this w- woman starts freaking out. She, you know, she's armed. She does have a pistol. She grabs it, and he finally finds a window that is, is able to open, which unfortunately is her bedroom window. And of course, he starts to come in, and she opens fire. I, I, I don't understand why how someone can think that they could go into someone else's home just so they can catch a Pokemon. I mean, this is yeah. kind of insane. Now, is is that a real story, or is that one of those? No, it's a, it's a real. Yeah, it's a real article. Oh wow. So, on the legitimacy of the story, but if it is true, like, it sucks and it's really sad and, you know, we're very, you know, we feel really bad for the family, hope them well, but at the same time, anyone who engages in a game like this, especially one that prompts you to go outside and engage in the real world, there has to be this sense of, of you know, common sense when, when yeah. you go out. You want to be crossing the street without looking. You want to be aware of your surroundings. You want to be aware and respectful of other people's privacy. Because there's been so many stories in the past uh, week, week and a half, of just people kind of running into trouble because they're not paying attention or they're not using their brain. Yeah, that mm-hmm. be something that I don't know how Niantic is going to address it, but they need to figure out a way to get some sort of PSAs out or programming in the game that which doesn't allow you to access places or whatever, like yeah. something put into place. Because honestly, there's a lot of people out there that don't really think all the way through before acting on stuff like that. 
Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and to be fair, there's a lot of people out there that are very respectful. They're having fun like everyone else. Um, but, you know, that on the flip side, you also have people. Uh, there is a, a group of people that took some spray paint and tagged someone's vinyl fence saying, you know, t- Team Mystic sucks. Um, or, no, Team Mystic rules oh. screw Valor or something like that. This is not what Mystic represents. I need to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mystic but... is a peaceful, should be peaceful. Oh, well, no, I mean, it just amazes me how I mean, people can get so involved and wrapped up in a game that they would go to those extremes because it's just a fun game. You're running around catching Pokemon with other people, whether they're Team Valor or Mystic cool. or... Or whatever. Well, football is just a fun game too, but you've got those rivalries that just kind of come out of nowhere that are meaningless because we're all having fun. I yeah. think you have that mentality too of competitiveness that they take too far. Um, there's an initiative going around right now, especially in Utah, because Utah has a ton of nerd gamers playing Pokemon Go, called the Lugia Initiative, and it's to bring all three of the teams together to play in harmony and just Boo! have fun with it. And <laughs> We're not competitive, but it's that we're respectful. We're respectful of our, the waste that we leave behind in, in popular areas to hunt Pokemon. Yeah. That we take initiatives in the community. There's people putting Pokestops at the, the primary children's hospital right now so that the kids that are stuck in there get to play. And we're walking dogs at the shelter, and we're donating money to charities with the walking app and stuff like that. There's so much good coming out of the game. It sucks mm-hmm. to see this much negativity as well, but I think the good outweighs some of the crap heads and shitheads out there that, that are ruining the experience for other people. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think if we all have that same kind of mentality and we, we try to force out you know all of this crap that other people are dropping on the game with the good that you can bring from it too, it'll kind of balance itself out a little better. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do have to agree. Uh, they have done some, some statistics over the just the last couple of weeks it's been out, and you know, younger children are actually out and being more active. They're actually walking. They're moving around instead of just sitting on the couch wanting to play a video game. They still get to play a video game, but they're moving. They're well, being yeah. active. Older nerds are having the same effect. Just and older nerds, yeah. I mean, out. older people, yeah. It's happening there, too. Um, I mean, Jared, case in point, how, I mean, how, y- how many miles have you walked? And y- you've mentioned that you've lost weight, too. Yeah, I've lost a few pounds, and I, I added a uh, pacer to my iPhone just to kind of track, you know, my exercise. And since the game launched, um, I've walked over 50 miles. Holy crap. Absolutely insane. Well, and I think that it's really cool because it's not just – I think it opened a door for our family because, mm-hmm. to be completely honest, like, the kids, and now that they have gotten out, now that Jared's gotten out, and they've gotten off the sofa, and they've stopped, you know, I mean, they played some video games today, but they're out in the world. Now the kids want to go outside and play other things. Like today, Ari and Jared, they played football. And, like, it's kind of reintroducing the outdoors to families in a, in a way that's, I think, really cool. We don't have to play Pokemon Go all the time. Just sometimes remembering that the outdoors is there, and there's, yeah. you know. Have, have you guys been to popular places for Pokemon Go or even parks and stuff lately? As oh, I love it. Who, I I haven't got that opportunity yet, but I know Scott well, has. When oh, yeah. you do, you'll notice not even just the uh, Pokemon Go players, but the the uh, um, normal community citizens or whatever out and about by a dramatically large number. 
um, when I go out to parks or when I go out to, to like River Woods or something like that, it feels alive again, which is really awesome. I see kids on bikes. I see people throwing baseballs around. I see this this active community that I don't feel like I've seen since like the early 2000s maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's so amazing to see the world breathing again, I think. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that said, we're out of time. Uh, it's the end of the show. So for those of you that like Pokemon Go, you know, awesome. For those of you that haven't tried it, try it. And get um, a too. Track your track your progress. It it adds an extra reward element to the game. Get a Fitbit. <laughs> get a shake weight. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, and with that said, go give Ghostbusters a try. You may end up actually having a fun time at the movie. So. Just let yourself have fun. Think of it as a spoof if it makes you feel better. Yeah, that's a good way. Take the stick, nice. But before you go, though. Yeah. Take the what? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, with that said, we're out of here. <laughs> hey, Dungeon Crawlers fans, it's time to really pull out the stops. So what we want to do is we want you to go like our Facebook page, like, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on YouTube, and not only that, tell your friends about us. If there is anyone in your life, or even in at your work, that you think loves geek, loves, you know, superheroes, comic books, gaming, anything in the realm of geek, tell them about our show. We want to make this the number one hit show out there. We want to uh, let get the news out there we want our numbers to swell and we want you and everyone else to join the geek revolution so tell your friends about us like us on facebook follow us on twitter and we want to hear from you we want this the best greatest and most entertaining interactive show out there you know most podcasts are not going to be delivering what we want to deliver this next year and so far we've had a great year it's all thanks to you and we just want to keep this rolling and make things even more possible. We've got some great things in the works uh, coming down the pipeline with some amazing interviews. And the more people we can get listening to the show, liking our pages, the more interest we can get and the bigger, uh, more entertaining interviews we can get. So please, please, please help us out with this because we want to bring some amazing content to you and we can't do it without your help. So with that said, I'm going to say... We're out of here, and catch you next time. And, of course, join the Geek Revolution.